Peeling back the layers, the rolls of white fat beneath which lies the skeletal form of bone? No, it is made of metallic plated joints that became disjointed, falling into the void, void, voiding. Crack me open, slice through the meat of my body being. Ceaseless ticking, thumping blood vessels running blue rivers away from the heart of my thick trunk. You are rooting me to now, yet the earth is crumbling as we break apart. Rusting as I rest my head on your shoulder. No cushioning in this padded cell of being humanoid. Until I find myself putting on my face skin again. was Face Skin by Helena Goodridge. A warm welcome and thank you for being here. You are listening to The Visitors. Short stories, peculiar tales, poetry and sonic landscapes. This is an audio experiment in collaboration with a few talented writers, sound artists and friends. You're about to hear two stories and two poems read by the authors themselves, as well as a debut track by a South London-based sound artist. So please, sit back and enjoy the show. so smart in getting everybody to comply. They made it feel as though it was our choice, something we wanted. It seems so obvious when I look back. The first step was creating a society where sharing your life was normal, where sharing your life was important. This started with MySpace and became even more insidious with Facebook. But no one really recognised that. When more than 2 billion people were using Facebook daily, the government knew they had achieved what they needed to. People were sharing their lives out of choice, and the government, along with companies, were using the opportunity to collect as much information about people as they could. Then everyone's movements started being tracked. 
Google Maps made it easy to track smartphones, and every smartphone was assigned to a person through their multiple social media accounts. Soon it was easy to track who people were, where they were, and what they liked. And people didn't care. They needed to use smartphones, and they needed to use social media. By the time Google Eyes were released, no one really thought too deeply into it. They were eye replacements that gave the user the ability to stream their entire lives. Everything was saved onto the cloud and people would either stream or edit their Google Eye recordings to create YouTube videos. There were no reports of medical incidents with the Google Eyes and so people were eating the idea up. Google Eyes were followed shortly by the chip phone. It was a microchip which was inserted into wrist modulators. Using it, people could call directly to their ears, create hologram projections from their phones, and text from speech. Sure, there are a few articles popping around on Facebook about our privacy and human rights, but no one really batted an eyelid. I mean, those articles were always popping about. And everyone had become apathetic to the fact that our information was being sold. I mean, no one left Facebook in 2017 when they knew it was happening, so why would they now? It started off as something fun. I remember my first Google Eyes edit session. It was so fun being able to record every waking moment of my life. It made it really easy to catch those you had to be there moments that often just got lost in translation. It meant that me, somebody who could have never have become famous before the Google Eyes, became one of the most watched channels in the world. Before Google Eyes, I tried to become a blogger, but I found that whenever I sat in front of a camera, I became different. Those subtle dry jokes I would improvise in the middle of a drunken pub ramble never really came out the same way. With Google Eyes, people really got to see me how I wanted them to. The first few parties were brilliant. I made many amazing friends, tons of money, and was invited to a lot of parties. I got with girls who were completely out of my league, and most of all, I became confident. It was reassuring to know that people found my life, out of all of the lives out there, so interesting. My wrist modulator buzzed, and on my Google Eye interface, a text appeared. Hey Baz, it's been so long since I've seen you, how are you? Do you want to come to a party later? It's going to be fun, let me know. Today I decided I wasn't going to record. Joanne had invited me to a party and I didn't feel comfortable showcasing my atrocious flirting techniques online. Let's be real for a second. 
the best thing about social media is being able to edit away the parts of yourself you don't like. And my subscribers didn't need to see this side of me. I used the dress me setting on my Google eyes to find the perfect outfit online and printed it on the 3D printer that my dad got me for Christmas. I wasn't sure about the outfit, but a million likes confirmed the choice and I was ready to go. When I arrived at the party, most people were already wasted. The standard ramble was bubbling around the house and lots of buzz erupted when I arrived. It didn't faze me. I was used to it. Selfies, non-chat, some shots. And then I saw Joanne. I forgot to tell you something. The things I tell you will not be wrong. She was so beautiful, so strong. She was of the uppers and had recently undergone enhancement, and it was stunning. Her legs and arms were made from the smoothest, shiniest alloy. They were matte grey and sexy. She had the longest, thick brown hair which fell down to her hips, and she stood leaning against the wall, smoking a cigarette. She was so cool. Smoking wasn't something which was seen as harmful anymore. With the availability of fresh organs on the market and highly skilled doctors worldwide, no one worried about the health risks. I mean, they were only temporary now. I didn't normally smoke, but I asked for one. It's nice to see you in the flesh, she beamed. I've seen so much of you online. Yeah, I smiled, pushing my hair behind my ear and taking a drag. It's nice to have it off once in a while though. You're not streaming now? She asked, looking deep into my eyes and nudging me with her hip. <laughs> no, I laughed. The fans can wait. So, were your eyes the same colour of blue before? She asked inspecting my eyes as though they were fossils. They were hazel before, I said, but I thought blue suited me more. They do, she smiled. So, Christmas at your house looked great. Your mum's hilarious. She was talking about my most recent video. Over the Christmas period, I had my Google eyes on 24-7 for the whole two weeks. It was exciting. I was surprised at how many people stayed tuned in for the whole thing. She can be funny. She can also be really annoying. I grimaced, stubbing out my cigarette. How much of the Christmas special did you watch? Oh, not too much. Just a bit here and there. It's nice to check in. We never see you anymore. Well, I'm here today. And completely offline. I cheered grabbing her arm and leading her into the reception hall. I'll be honest with you. The internet popularity never really helped me get over my social anxiety. Actually, it made it worse. It was a feeling of expectation. I expected people to like the internet fun me and hence thought they wouldn't really like the real anxious me. So I laughed and stayed engaged. Don't you ever think it's weird that 
so many people watch your life every day? One girl said, as she pushed her glasses against the bridge of her nose. I did at first, I thought. But now I just kind of feel like there is always someone watching me. I'm not sure if that's comforting or creepy. Kind of creepy, a boy said as he entered the circle. It was Zeref. He was also an upper. You couldn't actually tell by his machinery as he always wore a suit, but I remember him from when he was much younger. He used to be on the television, but he looked the exact age. They say that uppers live until 400, but the cost of the enhancements totaled way over a billion pounds. I had a long way to go before being able to afford them. Sometimes I wondered if I'd even want to live for that long. Though I guess I always enjoyed it, being in the spotlight and all, he chuckled. (laughs) I've seen you about, kid. What's your name? Baz, I replied, and you're Zira. He looked at Joanne and dashed a handsome smile. And who is this fine lady? He asked as he looked at her beautiful legs from the bottom of her dress. Someone of class, I see. Joanne blushed and then curtsied to him. I'm Joanne, pleasure to meet you, she giggled. His presence made me feel nervous. It was the way he always looked like he was waiting for you to say something interesting, the way he smirked. (laughs) Hey Joanne, there's something awesome I want to show you. I said, trying to get her away from the circle of people. I find that I float better when people aren't around. We walked over to the grand staircase. People were sat along the steps and talking. And from the stairs, we could see the master bedroom, which was full of people. They all seemed to be taking some sort of drug and their debauchery led to a pillow fight and lots of laughter. It wasn't really my scene. Although online, I love doing spontaneous fun things. In reality, I actually just like to spend time on my own. Me and Joanne watched from afar. A pillow came flying out of the room, and when a guy came out to grab it, he looked at us. Hey, you're that guy from YouTube! The boy shouted. I love your channel, man! Legend! Freaking legend! He ran back into the room with a chortle. Joanne was focusing on the room. She always looked so calm. So pretty. I studied her jawline and flicked my eyes across the tip of her nose. So perfect. Hey, I said. You look great, by the way. Thanks, she said. I'd heard you should always follow a compliment with a joke, but I didn't have any, so we just waited for a few seconds, awkwardly. 
It's okay. You must hear it all the time. I continued. I don't know, she blushed. I guess so. Anyway, what did you want to show me? Oh, I started. I kind of just wanted to get away from Zeraf. He makes me feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? She asked. You're so confident. I wouldn't have thought anyone would make you feel uncomfortable. Everyone loves you. Well, I explained. I get a little anxious sometimes around certain people, but I feel really comfortable around you. I looked at her for a while, smiling, and then I leaned in towards her, closing my eyes and holding onto her thigh as I moved closer. I could feel my breath against her mouth, and then felt her face turn away. I opened my eyes. She grimaced and pushed away from me. Sorry, she said. You're nothing like you seem online. Oh, I muttered. How do you mean? You just seem a lot less happy, a lot less confident. I moved my hand off her leg and didn't know what to do with it. She shuffled back away from me and then stood up to walk away. But, I said, as she walked away. She wasn't subtle about being unimpressed at all. She stood up, walked down the stairs and started talking to Zeraf. He looked up at me and winked. I joined a few conversations, smoked by the pool for a long time and then went home. I thought about how much I preferred just recording, how I loved my Google eyes. I fell into a deep sleep that night. I was awoken in the morning, not by the morning light, but by a repetitive buzzing of my wrist modulator's notifications. They didn't play out loud but went straight to my ear. And on my Google Eyes interface, I could see hundreds of articles about me. Some said YouTube star chat up fail. Another YouTube Google Eye vlogger is fake. Another boy asks girls out on stairs. You won't believe what happens next. I was fuming, furious. Why would she tell the press about our time together? I thought she was a friend. Call Joanne, I commanded my modulator. Hello? She answered. Why did you do it? I asked. I thought we were friends. Do what? She quizzed, confused. Blasted me to the press? I yelled. I didn't. Joanne replied. Whatever, I said, hanging up the phone. I opened one of the links, even though I know I shouldn't have. On the article was a video of my attempt to kiss Joanne. I clicked it. The video loaded and in front of my eyes was the exact same scene from the night before. It was different in no way at all. 
It was coming from my eyes, my Google eyes. I knew I'd switched them off. I knew that they weren't recording, but this video was online, uploaded from my Google eyes. In a frenzy, I searched to find any other video which may have been uploaded from my Google eyes when they were off. Bazlife.com, I mumbled to myself. What the hell? And that's when I realized it. I realized that like all other forms of data, my live stream was being recorded, even when I turned it off. It was stupid to believe that my live stream couldn't be accessed, that my data wouldn't be sold to the highest bidder. They were watching me through my own eyes all the time. I looked at the image on the website, a mirror of what I was seeing from my own eyes, and I knew. They were watching me now. Automatic chromosome alignment, refining your unique code. Please enter, press to send. We are floating through space, seeking a mate or a matrix to complete pure being. The anonymity of this, I am one mite or a big bite closer to reaching my ultimate goal. I will be invincible in my small act of creation through division splitting off until I am made of too many cells to ever truly be contained by one. Doctor? He didn't look up. Hunched over the desk, the doctor stared blankly at the tip of his pen, tapping away on the tabletop. Doctor? Right, uh, sorry. Flustered, he glanced at the door behind me and lightly cleared his throat. <clears throat> um, you died during the operation This hospital, uh, me, this conversation All a simulation A program designed to explain and help you deal with the fact In prepping you for the op We took a detailed scan of your brain Mapping your cognitive capacities and functions uh, Essentially backing up a copy of your consciousness Onto a specialised hard drive It's about the, about the size of a USB pen His eyes flicked back to the pen in his hand Which he dropped 
Lacing his fingers, he sank back deep into the comfortable leather office chair. I itched the back of my left hand with my right. Uh, you're dead. So, now let's talk about options. We're able to imbue several vessels with this copy of uh, you. The first option, and the most popular, is the twin. Essentially a clone, the twin is an exact replica of the physical body you've just vacated. The cells comprising the new tissue cultures are loaded with DNA taken from your old unoccupied body. And the clone is crafted and developed by our biomechanics who, expertly accelerating the growth of these new cells, can ready a body for occupation in just two to three days. You'll be placed in a kind of stasis as it's prepared, so essentially as soon as the payment's made, BAM! You're in your new body. It'll feel instantaneous. He smiled broadly, the white broom head of his moustache stretching along the curve of his mouth. He could have been 60. He had a good full head of silver hair for a man his age. He paused, glancing towards the door, then back to me. I gave him nothing. The ancient office strip light flashed across his glasses. The copy is very precise. Scar tissue, follicle arrangement, freckles, uh, fingerprints, of course. Everything, everything down to the last detail is replicated. For an additional cost, we do offer subtle rectifications of areas clients feel a need for improvement in. However, we tend to discourage it. Also, we um, upgrade internal organs as standard, replacing them with brand new tissue. We doubled the life expectancy of a chronic alcoholic just two days ago. Heavy smoker, habitual cocaine user, very habitual. He'll probably live to see 90 now, as long as he takes care of his new kit. The parts take some breaking in, but ultimately they're an outrageously promising investment and a fantastic opportunity for an extension you wouldn't have otherwise had. We're yet to see the total extent of their promise as we only started implementing these parts five years ago, but our biomechanics project 70 years. Yep, they'll be good for 70 years if you take care of them. His eyebrows wrinkled his forehead, the creases of his laughter lines bunched around his eyes. He could barely believe this feat of medical prowess. I could barely understand where I was. And that's the best way to think of this, really. An opportunity. Not only is it a second chance, but it's a chance to uh, upgrade, like we said. I felt a slight frown crease my brow. The exuberance relaxed from his face, his fingers unclenched. They felt for the pen on the desk, and leaning back into his chair again, he slid it into the inner pocket of his lab coat. They also come with a three-year warranty from the date of occupation. I blinked. Clearly deflated at my non-reaction, he cracked the knuckle of his left index finger with his thumb. Regrouping his enthusiasm, he continued... Uh, right, um, the next option we call the Asimov. A highly sophisticated bionic musculoskeletal system will house your consciousness and has the potential to serve you very well, very well indeed. As more clients select the Asimov, more upgrades are made to the software. And I'm sure you'd agree that the speculative physical capabilities of the body are pretty interesting. The current neuroprocessors are good for about 40 years before their transmission power starts to diminish. His skyward glance and pucker suggested this was a pretty decent stretch of time. So in your case, certainly it'd be an extension. There are drawbacks, of course. Uh, the courts are currently reviewing legislation around unregulated home modifications, so all system updates, bug fixes and other maintenance, it all has to be carried out by specialists. Body techs. He rolled his eyes, his lip curling beneath the bristles. These guys are similar to the biomechanics I mentioned, but not as smart. I'm not going to lie, they're pretty expensive at this point. This legislation is all for the protection of the public, of course. Imagine the chaos of bionic wrong-uns running around with self-silent pain receptors and dangerously amplified muscle function. 
Also, the US state law currently dictates we aren't able to disguise bionic bodies with biological material. Although disguise suggests a level of deviousness, don't you think? Again, his eyes rolled, his lips pursed. Anywho, uh, the final option doesn't have a name because instead of a physical manifestation, you'll be uploaded straight onto the cloud's consciousness circuit. You can mingle with virtual reality users and other post-op clients of ours in various forums, social media platforms, gaming sites, uh, newsrooms, browse any uh, specialist websites, you... FaceTime, Skype, Snapchat, you can keep in touch and up to date with everything that's going on back home. Everyone's plugged in nowadays anyway. We'll give you a rudimentary avatar on the house which you can modify at a relatively low cost. And the first year is free. Extension bundles starting at a very reasonable $10,000. I could feel my eyes bulge. I swallowed, shuffling myself more upright in the deep chair I ventured. And, um, and how long does $10,000 get you? Five years. I didn't know what to say. My stomach had been sucked into a long, heavy black hole and my head spun. I was fighting to keep my eyes from rolling back into my head. If I opt for the cloud, can I transfer to a clone or the robot at some point further down the line? Well, um, thing is, after this consultation, your consciousness will be converted into the correct format appropriate to the vessel you select and then exported. There's no recompressing an extracted copy of a consciousness, so that this is it, I'm afraid. So what's beyond that door behind me? Nothing. Well, not nothing, but it looks like nothing. I turn to look at the door. Dark brown plastic with the indifferent suggestion of a wooden grain. Of course, you shouldn't rush into this uh, decision. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Have a think, call your family. It's all going to be all right. The doctor pulled an iPad out from one of the desk drawers, flipping open the cover to prop it up in front of me. Edging his way around the desk, he went to pat me reassuringly on the shoulder, hesitating momentarily as he brought his hand down. The sentiment destabilised by the pause, he let his hand rest there for a moment. Awkwardly, he gave my shoulder a squeeze. Do you want one? Uh, coffee? I looked up, confused. Um, sure, I muttered. Another bleak pat and the door closed behind me. I picked up the tablet and scrolled through the contacts. My mother, father, sisters, best friend, boss, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. I selected home and watched the dots roll across the screen as the connection was made. The still grainy top of my mother's head and our lounge bookshelf flicked onto the screen. It was as if they'd been waiting in the dark for my call and I just switched on the light. Hello? She squawked. Hello, can you hear me? The picture and sound jerk, trying to catch each other's pace. The rest of her face now filled the screen. Hello? Hello, who's that? Mum, Mum, it's Pete. I strained louder, choking on a lump in my throat. Oh, Peter, Graham, Lucy, get in here, Peter's calling. The quality still wasn't great, but everything was synced up. 
It was a picture I'd seen a thousand times, my mother peering down at me through her glasses from the couch, the bookshelf leaning in, seeming to eavesdrop, the bracketed wall light, that awful painting. My sister Lucy slid into shot, awkwardly craning her neck so she could see me. Oh, Peter, they messed it up. I'm so sorry, Peter. Hey, it's, it's okay. Well, I mean, it's not. Um, anyway, there, there are options. I, I could be back with you in around three days if all goes... Oh, hey, hi, Dad. My father wandered into view, his head cut off by the top of the frame. He raised a hand and continued standing, kind of side-on to the camera. Dad, I can't see. Why don't you... He sank down, resting his arms on the back of the couch. How you doing, Pete? Yeah, good. Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, where's, where's Julie? Oh, she's out with friends. I think she's staying out tonight. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, like I was saying, I'm talking with this doctor and he said that they can do this thing now where they, uh, they build a clone of me and put my brain in it or put my brain in a robot. Isn't that crazy? Silence. The screen jumped forward from the awkward, frozen composition of my family to catch my father frowning at something out of shot, and my mother leaning forwards intently. Oh yeah, it's crazy what they can do now, happy, she blurted. Um, uh, yeah, so I was thinking maybe we could figure out some kind of arrangement. I mean, I'd pay you back as soon as my redundancy money comes through. My redundancy money had already come through and kept going straight through, if I'm honest. Of course, I wasn't about to tell them that. I'd waited until the last minute to let them know that I needed help then. My last pack of noodles. I'd already borrowed a couple of thousand off my mother and both my sisters. It had been a rough couple of months, and I hadn't really been taking care of myself. Just don't really like oriental food, do you know what I mean? Is it okay to say that? The screen jumped forward again, my mother now locked in an exchange of glances with my father. Sorry, what was that? The signal keeps cutting out. Say it again? My parents remained as they were, eyes glued to one another. My sister gazed disinterested at her phone nestled in her lap. I nudged the tablet a couple of inches to the right in a futile attempt at improving the connection. Mum, can you hear me? I just want to sort out what's going to happen for me now. I'm, uh, I'm a bit worried about my... Can, can you hear me? I paused. Nothing. Silence rang numb through the office except the low buzz of the ancient strip light. The same picture of my distracted family was stuck on the screen. My breath caught, my eyes wide. I grasped the tablet, leaning closer into the screen. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Finally, a nasal squawk erupted from the tablet. Oh, yeah, yeah, honey, I can hear you. Oh, don't be worried, it'll all be okay. Uh, but there's a bit of problem with money at the moment, though, sweetie. We can't really, we just don't really have that sort of money to lend you right now. Julie just got the car, remember? For her birthday, remember? We've got that trip to Malaysia coming up too, remember? N not to mention the extension. Oh, the kitchen looks beautiful, by the way, Pete. Do you want to see? No, Mum, look, I just need i need you to lend me some money, please. I'll, I'll pay you back. Listen, Pete. Peter, look. Dad broke in here, gruff and to the point. The screen had jumped forward again, now frozen on him picking something up from behind the couch. He put his foot down. The clone and the robot are both too expensive, way out of our price range. Even if we got the money back from the holiday, we still couldn't do it. So, like you say, you'll get your redundancy and that'll be enough to keep you online, online for a good chunk of time. Maybe at some point along the way they'll figure out how to download or whatever and pack you into the newer version of the robot or something. We just can't afford it right now. I think it's a good option. Your Aunt Sue moved to Cloud a couple of years ago and she loves it. She's a member of this forum. She plays uh, she plays poker there a lot. I'll find a link and send it to you. I'm sorry, son, I think... The screen went black for a moment, then the dots appeared again. An emoji swung into the centre, a tiny face with a cracked mouth and scrunched eyes. 
Beneath it, a caption floated, reading, We're trying to reconnect your call. Please bear with us. Dad's face flashed back onto the screen, an unflattering angle staring straight up his nostrils. Hey, Pete, I'm sorry. Look, I've put $2,000 into your account. You can use it to uh, update your profile or whatever. I've got to go. Your mother's TV program has just started and I need to pick up your sister. Apparently something's happened with the car. She's just rang. Stay in touch. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Dad. With a blimp, the screen went black again. The door closed behind me and the doctor shuffled in, placing a steaming polystyrene cup on the desk. Slumping into his chair, he grinned. So, what are we thinking? Click three times and you'll be home. Push green for go, red stopping and unstoppering the magic liquid sprinkled with fairy dust. It tastes like bitter leaves, sinking into the soil of your stomach, clinging onto your fragile self. The clues you left behind for how to get back to the start have smudged. Graying hairs, peeling skin back into this tangled web we wove, sewed ourselves in tight until we can't remember how to turn the light on. Entering the darkness, the blank glassy stairs, your eyes meet mine and I am home. Thank you.
you to all the contributors. Face Skin, Genetic and Home Time. Written and performed by Helena Goodridge. Google it. Written and performed by Parv Noor. And Doctor. Written and performed by Elliot Stevens. And for the last 10 minutes, please enjoy a Tidal Cycles piece composed exclusively for the show by Harry Murdoch. You've been listening to The Visitors, bringing you a little closer to the unknown. I'm Seth the Silver, and thank you for tuning in. <laughs>